The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir Ben Esther. Amen. has been dedicated as well Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshel, Veoshel, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zocher in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated in memory of Rahamim Ben Victoria, Ruah Hashem, Tanihenu. Amen, dedicated by his family to school of mitzvot. Daf Lamid Zayin. Today's daf is being studied. Elul Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther Ruah Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Lamid Vav Amud Bet. One line, actually the bottom line. The Mishnah said Velo Mekadeshin. We learned yesterday in the Mishnah certain things that are forbidden on Yom Tov as well as on Shabbat. One of those items was it's forbidden to Mekadesh and Isha. Now the Mishnah had three sections if you remember. The Mishnah had a section that it's called Shivut, things that are Esud Rabbanan, things that were called Reshut, which Rashid told us have Ksat Mitzvah, and then things that are Esud even though they are a full-fledged Mitzvah. Now the Gemara is asking a question. Ha veha Mitzvah Ka'avid. Why did you put the Kiddushin that it's Asur to do? You put it in the Reshut section. As if to say, getting married is a Ksat Mitzvah. What do you mean, it's not Ksat Mitzvah? Kiddushin is a Mitzvah to get married. How do you have the Mitzvah to have the Mitzvah? So therefore, Gemara says, look at the Shi in the bottom. Why did you call it a reshut? So he says, Lord Sericha, the itle isha ubani. Now we're talking about the guy already. He was married and he had children. And he fulfilled the mitzvah for the avodah already. So now he's just getting married again in order to fulfill the uh, rule of the hachemim that says that even if you had children, you should continue to have more in your old age. But then it's not mandatory. Then what's considered a reshut? Tap rashi, the itle isha ubanim shnei zecharim lebet shamay. According to Bet Shemai, he has two males. That's according to Bet Shemai Shita. Or he has a male and a female. According to Bet commanded anymore to have children. In the morning, he should seed, and in the evening, he shouldn't stop. Which means, even though he had children when he was young, he still should have children when he is older. So there is ksat mitzvah, even though he has children. Comes to the says, lo chodzin, velo meyabemin. We also said that on Yom Tov, as well as Shabbat, we do not perform the ceremony of halitza. That's to break the zikah between the uh, brother-in-law and his sister-in-law, that he falls uh, to Yibum. And also we do not make the Yibum. That's to consummate the uh, connection between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law. So it says, and it put that in the, uh, in the um, section of Rishut. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? It's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah to make Yibum, as well as a mitzvah to make Halitza. Why is the Mishnah put that in the Rishut section? It's a lot, Tzadikha, Di'ika, Gadol. Which is we're talking about where there's an older brother. 
And really the mitzvah of Yibum falls on the older brother. The younger brother, really, it's a mitzvah. If, let's say, the older brother is not uh, going to do it. However, it's not a hayuv like a mitzvah. So therefore, it puts it in the reshut section. As she says, mitzvah begadol ha'achim liyabim v'nafkala mevahayah bechor. Right, I learned that from the pasuk v'ayah bechor. Kabbalah says, v'chul lehu ta'amah. Now, what's the reason why all these things are forbidden? Which means, why is Kintushin forbidden? Why is Yibum forbidden? Why is Halitzah? Why, why all these ceremonies forbidden? On Shabbat as well as Yom Tov, Kabbalah says, Gezerah. All the zikizirah that you might come to write. Where are you going to write? Psagdin nedinim. The judges cannot judge on Yom Tov. Why? Because we're already going to write the verdict. Right? They're going to write the The Vishtar irusi lekedushin. You write that. Chamin's going to do. Somebody's going to write the star for the kedushin. Right? Vishtar halitza lecholet. And also the star that the lady was halitza uchtubal yibamam. Now you have to write a kedubah for yibama. So therefore they're worried that all these things. Might lead to writing. Now, writing is Yisudah Oraita. Ben be Yom Tov be Mishabbat. So therefore, the rabbis can make a gezera atu a the Oraita. Comes the Gemara continues. Ve'Elohem Mishum Mitzvah. The following items are asud on Yom Tov as well as Shabbat, even though they are connected to a mitzvah. Lo Makdishin. We said that's consecrating something to the Beit Hamikdash. Ve'Lo Ma'arichin. That's saying Eduki Alai. Right, donating his value according to the Torah, where it sets values of each person according to his age, and you leave it to the Beit Hamikdash. Ve'Lo Ma'arimin. That's donating a certain value to the Beit Kabai, to the treasury that maintains the Beit Hamikdash. What's the what's the in all these things over here? Gezerah, Mishumika Omimkar, because it looks like you're transacting in business. Why? Because you're transferring something from your reshut to the reshut of Hegdesh. What is business? We're buying and selling. It's going from one domain to another domain. Only question is, is business a sud midoraita? Which means you have to say that if the rabbis is making a gezerah atu mika omimkar. So that she over here deals with that question. That she says, "Mishum meka omemkar, tele meka omemkar damu shemotzi mishutod rishut egdesh." O meka omemkar asur min amikra. Meka omemkar is asur from a pasuk dechtiv min meso ifsecha vedaber davar. So that she's learning that this is like the vrei kabbalah. You know, it's a pasuk from the neviim, but it's asur min a Torah based on this pasuk over here. Meso ifsecha vedaber davar. You're not allowed to do your own needs on Shabbat as well as Yom Tov. Ina me alternate interpretation. Meka omemkar. You have to say no. The reason why business transaction is asur on Yom Tov and Shabbat is a gizera you might come to write. Oh, so you might come to write, so this is a gizera le gizera. You tell me that I can't make something like this. Because it looks like Mechomenka. But Mechomenka is only a su because I might come to write. So that's a double gezerah. We know the rabbis don't make double gezerot. So that she says, Kula hada gezerahi. You have to say that it's all one gezerah. When the rabbis have to have to make the gezerah against Mechomenka, they also included at that time Mechomenka, Hekdeshim, Arachot, Haramim, because all that's considered in the original gezerah. So it comes out according to that she's one of two interpretations. Either Mechomenka is a because of and therefore they're making a gezera atu a deoraita. You can't do this because it looks like meka omikah was assuming a Torah. Or we say no, meka omikah is really isud rabbanan gezera shem yichtov. So making a gezera that you cannot do, do let's say make something hegdesh because you're transferring from one domain to another domain. That looks like mechugomemkar, which is a gezera atu ketiva. That's all considered one gezera. Therefore, it's going to be asur. Oh, magbiin terumot umasrot. So we said what on Yom Tov as well as Shabbat, it's forbidden to take the remote and ma'asrot. So the Gemara says, Peshita. 
What do you mean? Of course. How could you take the remote and ma'asrat? You're being mitakin. Which means you're fixing the uh, the item. The item was unedible. On Yom Tov, the way it is. Now you're taking the remote and You're making it edible. That's domeh mitikun. That should be... Uh, that should be obvious. So comes the Gemara and says, "Tani Rabbi Yosef, no nitzrecha ela litena lekohen bo bayom." Ah, the Hadush's case where you're giving the teruma to the kohen that day, which you have tevel, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not planning on eating the tevel. Maybe I just want to take the teruma and give it to the kohen so he can eat it on that day. So there you might say it's mutar because it doesn't look like you're fixing anything. Because what I'm allowed to go to the kohen and give him something to eat on that day. Therefore, it doesn't look like I'm fixing the tevel. If I'm making terumah to eat the tevel, everybody says, oh, you couldn't eat it before, now you can eat it. See, I'm not, I'm not dealing with the tevel. I'm just taking the terumah and going and giving it to the kohen to eat bobayom. So there I might have argued it doesn't look like so much of a tikkun. I didn't mean to take anything. I'm just giving him something to eat. I'm allowed to give him something to eat. And therefore, not demai, I'm giving him terumah to the kohen. So therefore, you might have thought that that's okay. That's why the Mishnah comes along and says it's uh, a sur. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, "Tanid of Yosef, I feel the tenam to kohen the bobayom. The ikal lememar laf muhamil tayd the takonet tavla mechaven." Jesus, it's not evident that he's doing it to fix his table. The edya do ashiyut sarich l'shiraim. Right? It doesn't. It's not evident that he's taking the turma so he can eat the leftovers. Veroim shemalik turma le kohen. People seem taking it to the matur kohen. Umeasi dechula milta b'shum subhat yom tov the kohen. Everybody will say, oh, you know why he's taking this turma for the subhat kohen of the subhat yom tov of the kohen? Just sarich la. Who afidu acher asur? And still, the Gemara Mishnah says that it is indeed asur. The Gemara says, ve'ani mili pered tebile me'etmol. What type of fruit are we saying it's asur to take out turma? Fruit that was tebile from the day before. Which is all the fruit that a person has, you could always you could always have taken the turumot and ma'asrot from the day before. So. So therefore we say, why should you take it today? You should have taken it today before. Aval peri de tevile aidana. But fruit that became tevil on Yom Tov, what's the case? Kegon. Isa, which means dough. Halakha says you'll have to make dough on Yom Tov. Why? Make it from before. No, you can't compare fresh bread to bread that was made from yesterday. So therefore, you should have to make the dough. Now, you want you to make the dough, there's tevil. You can't eat the dough because you have to give the turumah to the queen. It's not halal. So on halal, the rabbi said, you can take the halal. You have no choice. Since they allowed you to make the halal on Yom Tov, they also allowed you to give the halal to the queen on Yom Tov. Mashiach and regular fruit, the fruit that you have now on Yom Tov, you didn't take it down from the tree on Yom Tov, you must have it from yesterday. So you should have taken the table from yesterday. Here, but since I can make the dough on Yom Tov, you can also give you can separate it via Havina. You give it to the Queen. Vahani me Oxagon has a question. Vahani Mishum Rishut Ika. Mishum Shivut Leka. Which means you told me the first division in the Mishnah, or, or the second division actually in the Mishnah, you said Ve'elu Asurim Mishum Rishut. Which means these are voluntary items that are connected to a mitzvah sat, and still the rabbis were said. Right. Now, a rabbinical prohibition is called a shivut. Right. So therefore, the Mishnah is very funny, because the Mishnah tells of the first items are assumed from shivut, Yisut Rabbanan. The second items are assumed Mishum Reshut. Yeah. Mishum Reshut and not Mishum Shivut? Which means all the items in the Mishnah are really Asun Mishum Shivut. So why is it called the first item Shivut, which means Isud Rabbanan, and the second item is Shivut? What? That's Asun Mishum Shivut, but not Mishum Shivut? Technically, everything in this Mishnah is a Shivut. It's Isud Rabbanan. The Gemara says the same similar question on the Sefa. Ve'ani Mishum Mitzvah Ika. Mishum Shivut Leka? The last subdivision of the Mishnah. These items are Asun Mishum Mitzvah. 
technically all the cases of the Mishnah should be under one category. So why does the Mishnah say, no, these are the Shvuts, these are the Rishuts, these are the Mitzvahs. It's not so. The whole Mishnah is Mishum Shvut. So the Gemara says, Amar Vitzchak, no Mebaya Kamar. Gemara is working, the Mishnah is working on a style of Lo Mebaya, where it's building up, not only. Lo Mebaya Shvut Gedidata De Asur, which is... For sure, it goes without saying, an item that's not connected to a mitzvah at all. Just stamina is like, like uh, climbing up a tree or riding on an animal. That's nothing to do with a mitzvah. It goes without saying that those items are going to be asur, ben biyom ben the shabbat, that the rabbis made a restriction. Even a shvud that's a reshut that's connected to a mitzvah, for example, making kiddushin after a person had the children, or the cases of halitzah and yibum, he wasn't the first one, he wasn't the oldest. Even still the rabbis made an isud. Because you could say, you know what, maybe for a mitzvah, the rabbis were more lenient. Then the mishnah so not only shivut is asur, and mitzvah, where it's a full-fledged mitzvah, like they're making hegdesh and erchi and all that. Name asur. So really, the Gemara is saying yes, everything is asur mishum shivut. It's just that you have shivut plain, then you have shivut drishut, and then you have shivut the mitzvah. And the Mishnah is working up in levels that not only shivut is asur, even shivut drishut is asur, not only shivut drishut, but even the mitzvah is asur as well. All elu biyom tov amru. Now let's get to the uh, the end of the mishnah. The mishnah said that what well, all these things that we said are asur on yom tov called sheken b'shabbat. So now we're assuming that everything that's asur uh, on uh, shabbat. Certainly, it's going to be. Uh, it's also asur on Yom Tov. It's said that Yom Tov and Shabbat, all the laws are the same, which means it's something that's asur on Yom Tov. Of course, Shekin is going to be asur on Shabbat, which means the laws are working hand in hand. So now the Gemara has a question. Urminu, we have a contradiction. Mishilin derech aruba beYom Tov. Right? We said in the Mishnah, the earlier Mishnah, that you're allowed to drop fruit that was on the roof, uh, down the skylight, on Yom Tov. What are you worried about? Have said because it's going to rain. Now, therefore, you want to do that. So he said it's permissible to do it on Yom Tov. Aval, lo, Shabbat. However, you cannot do it on Shabbat. What do you mean? If it's a sur on Shabbat, so Shabbat is hamur. So, of course, it should be a sur on Yom Tov. Jeez, if, 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 if on Shabbat we're going to be or say these items, you're telling me in the Mishnah that the laws of Yom Tov and Shabbat work hand in hand. You're telling me a sur on Yom Tov is a sur on Shabbat. But here we have a Mishnah that tells you no. There's something that's mutar on Yom Tov, even though it's a sur on Shabbat. Rashi, Rashi says, Mashilim perot alma gazru shevut al Shabbat shelo gazru Yom Tov. I'll show you a case where the shevut applies to Shabbat, but it doesn't apply to Yom Tov. So what is that Mishnah saying? So comes again when I say, So again, Mishnah says, Mishnah says, Mishnah says, Shabbat. Amar of Yosef. La kashya. No question. Harbi li'ezer, harbi Yoshua. I can say that these two statements, which is the Mishnah, is one opinion. The Mishnah that said that Mishnah perot be Yom Tov, avalo b'Shabbat is one statement. And our Mishnah that says Yom Tov and Shabbat gezerot, are the same is another statement. Let's go. Who are the statements? The Tanya. We have a Brayta. 
Oto ve'et benot shenaflu lebor. Okay, we have a biblical commandment, Torah law, that says you're not allowed to slaughter a animal and its child on the same day. Oto ve'et benot shatu b'yom echad. So what happened? You have a case of Oto ve'et benot fell in a bor. It's in a pit. Uh, you want to get them out of the pit, because if they're going to keep them in the pit on Yom Tov, they're going to die. But the question is, how could you get both of them out? There's no purpose for both of them. You can only take one out seemingly, because you only can slaughter one of them. So they, we have a mahluk at Tanaim over here. Listen, you take one out, with conditions to slaughter it, slaughter it, because you have to slaughter it, you can't just take it out for no reason. Okay. The second one, feed it in the pit. Which means all you can do is send down you food, can't pull it out. But you can't pull it out. Because what's the purpose of pulling it out? You can't make shahita on it or tovid binoz asur. So the bidi is mahmir. Pull out one, slaughter it. The second one that's still in the pit, lower down food and give him panasa. So it doesn't die. Rabbi Yoshua Amir Maale Tarishon Almenat Shohato. Take out the first one with Kavanat to slaughter it. The Eno Shohato. And then you can change your mind and say, you know what? I'm not going to slaughter it. This is not, I thought it was fatter. Not, not the one. And therefore, the Hosein Umarin, you can make a subterfuge Umale Hashini. And now you take the second one. And now you have both of them out of the, out of the pit. So you, you, you got your desired result. Bottom line, you say both of them. Now what do you do? That says, Eshohet. Now already you can make a decision. But you can't slaughter both, but whichever one you want to slaughter, you can slaughter. Now, let's read, read Rashi. Rashi. Sefa Diktani. The end of our Mishnah. That said, and then Yom Tov le Shabbat, that there's no difference between Yom Tov and Shabbat, which everything that's a suit on this. This is a suit on the other. Techol shvute gazu al Shabbat, gazu al Yom Tov, vafilu befsed mamon. Which is even if there's going to be a loss of money, Rabbi Ezri, Shiloeti la'alot otovet beno, befsed mamon. Which is Rabbi Ezri doesn't care about the loss of money. You got, I, got a, I got a whole animal down there in the pit. He says, okay, leave it down in the pit. You want to feed it in the pit, do feed it in the pit, but I'm not letting you Bring take it out. it out. So the same rabbi to be the Ezra will say that you're right on Yom Tov, mm-hmm. you can't lower things down the, uh, down the skala either. And therefore, our Mishnah that said, En Ben Shabbat the Yom Tov, whatever's a surah, this is a surah that, that's to be the Ezra. He doesn't care about it, said Mamon. Therefore, don't lower down the fruit on the roof. What do you mean? I'm worried about Hefzid Mamon. Well, Shiri Be'ez doesn't care about Hefzid Mamon. And therefore, I'll say he's that opinion. Now continue. And the Mishnah that said, you're allowed to be Mashil Perot down the roof, that's the Yoshua. Because you see the Yoshua in the face of Hefzid, let's you be Mekel. So therefore, we're answering the two statements, how to be the Ezid, how to be Yoshua. I'll explain to you again. You have two statements over there that are contradictory. The first statement is Amishnah. Amishnah says what? And Ben Shabbat the Yom Tov. Which means whatever is Asur on this is Asur on that. Uh, so also, so that's, that's so. I have a Bifirush Mishnah that said that you're allowed to drop down food from the skylight on Yom Tov. On Yom Tov, yes. On Shabbat, no. So you see your rule of En Ben Shabbat the Yom Tov is not so. I'll give you a case where something is Mutar on Yom Tov that's Asur on Shabbat. Come on, that's what are you talking about? It's not a contradiction. These are two different opinions over here. 
the Mishnah that said Mashirin Biyom Tov, obviously that opinion holds that for Hifsid Mamon we be lenient. Who's that opinion? That's Rabbi Yoshua. He's the same rabbi to let you take out both animals from the board on Yom Tov in order that they shouldn't die. And the other opinion that says that no, Yom Tov and Shabbat are the same, he'll tell you just like on Shabbat you can't lower the stuff down the, the, the Arubah, so to on Yom Tov. Why? That will go like it'll be the Ezer that does not consider or does not take into consideration it said mamon on Yom Tov. How do we know? What did he say when it came to the animals? Only pull, Only pull out one, leave the other one down. And the Gebra is going to say that this is not a conclusive proof. Why? The Gebra says, Gebra says, Amale Abaye. Five lines down. Amale Abaye, Bimai. Who told you to learn the Mahlok and to be the Ezra and be Yeshua to make them dependent on the two opinions of these two Mishnayot? Dilma, Adkano, Kamar, be the Ezra, Hatam, Eladev, Shah, be Panasah. I'll tell you, but they know why to be the Ezra, you can't take out both of them. Because I could support the other one in the pit, I could still feed him, so I'm not going to lose anything. What do you say? Panasa, the I can still feed the bottom one. However, but maybe when it comes to I'm going to lose the fruit if I don't put it down in the uh, skylight. Maybe even the Eliezer will be Mekel. Now we go the other way. In the only reason why the Yeshua allowed you to take out both animals is because I could use a subterfuge. I could take out the first one and say, ah, I don't want to store this one, maybe the other one's fat. I could take the second one out, which means there's a way to do it. But here, when it comes to the case of putting the perot down to the to the, to the Arubah, there's no harama. So maybe he'll be osir. So you, you have no uh, uh, way to say that Rabbi Ezer will be mahmir necessarily by the Arubah, and Rabbi Yeshua is going to be mekel. Ela, you're right. Amara papa lakasha. I can answer the question between the two mishnayot on diff- two different tanaim. Ha betshamai, ha betelil. Wow, what's the machlok of betshamai? We have a Mishnah. And we learned this Mishnah early in the Masechet. Betshamay Omrim, En motzi'im lo takatan, velo talulav, velo et sefer Torah l'reshut rabim. If you remember, Betshamay had a very strict opinion when it came to Hotza'ah b'yom tov. He only allowed Hotza'ah for Ochel Nefesh. But he didn't say, Metoch shehutra l'Ochel Nefesh, shehutra shelo l'Ochel Nefesh. And therefore, even for Mitzvah, you can't take out a lulav in the shoot of the beam, a katan, or all these things that are sorek mitzvah. Bet Shemai was mahmir according to one opinion. Was even a sur todah according to Bet Shemai. It's mahmir. Or Bet Telel matirim. However, Bet Telel was mekel. He said no. Mitoch shutra letzorek, shutra namech lo letzorek. What does it have to do with the machlokin over here of mashirin perot? So look at Rashi. Rashi. In Motsin at Katan. One, two, three, four lines down in Ashi, if they get wide. De lo tra otsa'a shelo letzorek. According to Bechamai, he didn't allow it. Otsa'a shelo letzorek achila is asur. Now, the gabit tiltul shelo letzorek. Now, when it comes to tiltul, meaning moving things shelo letzorek, name gazinan. We're also going to make a gazira va'afilu gabe hefsed mamon. Which means this, this moving of the fruit over here. I'm not moving it to eat. I'm moving it to save some of my money. That will be considered tiltul shelol etzorik. Just like hotzaat shelol etzorik is asur. Apply that also to other isurim as well. What are you moving this uh, fruit over here? You want to eat it? If you want to eat it, of course, go in the room, do whatever you want. I'm not eating, I want to save it. 
Again, I could argue and say maybe this machloket is not conclusive. Maybe only was Mahmir when it came to us about Tiltul. No, but maybe Tiltul. Look, Tiltul is only the banan. Moving something shalom the tzorik is a sudra banan. So therefore, just because you want to tell me Betcham, I was Mahmir by, you can't carry something from the Tzorik, that's Hotsa'ah. But by Tiltun, maybe it's Rabbanan, maybe it'll be Mekin, even Shalom Tzorik. So who said he's the one that says, Ain Mashirin Perot, he's going to be Mahmir? So give us, what are you talking about? Atu Tiltun Lav Tzorik Hotsa'ahu? What's the whole purpose why the Hachamim made the Gezerah of things that are Mukseh? Because they don't want you to come to carry. Which is the whole Inyan of Tiltul. Why do the rabbis restrict certain things that they don't want you to move on yourself? Because it's a gather, it's a fence in Hotzah, it's a fence in carrying. So therefore, it makes sense to link Bet Shammai's strict opinion by Hotzah to the strict opinion by Tiltul Shalom Tzorek. And therefore the Gemara comes out conclusively, yes indeed, it is Bet Shammai. That holds <coughs> that there's no eter to be mashil perot derech aruba on yom tov. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, "Atu tiltu lav tzorik hotzah tehilat tzorah al yedet tuli." Which means, where does hotzah begin? Hotzah begins by picking up the item. By the way, the, the issue of hotzah begins where walking in the street. Rabbi, no, you got to pick up the item. Vechol mashigazru enel mitzum hotzah. So whenever the rabbis put restrictions on what you can take, move on Yom Tov or Shabbat, it's all because it's going to come to Hotzah. The high the logaz al tatu kelim the ochlim. But the reason why they didn't make a gezerah, let's say on food stuff and make it a kelim, that they should not be able to amod by him. The batel onik shemat is hot Yom Tov. That would be a gezerah that the people would not be able to withstand. You have to have some hot Yom Tov. You got to eat something. You have to have kelim. But other items the rabbis were strict on because it's a gezerah in Hotzah. So therefore, no, the tzorich. So therefore, I come and say like this. Really, the Mishnah that said mashilim perot. That's betelil. Because we see betel lenient. By the way, he doesn't only uh, allow you things that are tzorich yom tov. Hareya lets you carry anything on yom tov. He doesn't have a tzorich sap, but he lets you carry not only ochel nefesh items. So just like he lets you carry not ochel nefesh items, so you can move things shelo the tzorich yom tov as well. I'm moving this perot. I don't want to eat them. I just want to save them from uh, rain. Mutar. However, chamai, the chamai says no. The hutra only the tzorich achila. Shalom al-Tzorik, you cannot make Hotza'ah. Um, and Tiltul is also connected to Hotza'ah. Because the, why does Hotza'ah begin? Because of Tiltul. So they were just like he had a strict opinion when it came to Hotza'ah. He has a strict opinion as well as Tiltul. And therefore he'll say, Mashirin Perot on Yom Tov is indeed Asur. And that's the, our Mishnah that says, En Ben Shabbat on Yom Tov, which means whatever is Asur on Shabbat is Asur on Yom Tov. That will be the opinion of Bet Shammai. Comes the Mishnah and continues. Now we discuss the law of Tchum. So we learned the Masikat Erubin. A person is.
is not allowed to walk outside his tomb, which means his uh, border, we'll call it, on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Which means a person uh, lives in the city, so from the outskirts of the city, he's allowed to walk 2,000 amma. But after that, he's not allowed to walk anymore. Of course, a person can extend his uh, uh, tomb, which means a person can place an iruv, uh, before Shabbat or Yom Tov in a certain place, in either direction where he wants to extend his Eruv and he has 2,000 Amma from where his Eruv is placed which is he can put his Eruv at the end of the 2,000 mark let's say and then from that Eruv on Shabbat he can walk from there an additional 2,000 Amma but I just remind you the law in Masikh al-Rubin is that when one extends his Eruv to one side he loses it on the other side, which means if a person took the full 2,000 to the east, so now already he loses any direction to the west, because he extended it all 4,000, 2,000 from Tezeruv, and another 2,000 further. However, let's say, for example, a person put his Eruv, 1,000 Amma, okay? He wants, an ex- he wants to walk 3,000 Amma to the east. So he put this Eruv a thousand Amma away from where he was. So from that already he can walk an additional two thousand. Okay? Now that's to the east. To the west he'll only be able to walk one thousand. Okay? Because he borrowed a thousand from the west and he put it to the east. So you have to know you don't get, once you commit to one side, you limit it on the other side. And you pull the rope this way, so it limits it on the other side. That's just a review of some of the laws of Erubin and the Gemara and the Mishnah. The Gemara will discuss these. And death. You have an animal. Okay? Or you have vessels, utensils. Now, the vessels, who do they follow? They follow the owner. Which means, wherever the owner can walk and travel, the behemah of the owner, as well as the kelim, follow the owner. Okay? A guy gives his animal, let's say to his son, or to a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Even though he gives it to the shepherd or his son, it follows the owner. Which is, let's say the Ru'ayah, his Eruv is uh, in one direction. Now he prepared his Eruv one way. But the Ru'ayah is the other way. The Ru'ayah cannot follow his Eruv. Uh, he's allowed to walk. He has to follow the Eruv based on the owner of the animal. Okay, you have, let's say, vessels that are designated to the one of the brothers in the house. One of his brothers. Well, one brother, this is his keli. Uh, so that keli follows that brother. The other brothers, even though their eruv, let's say, is in a different direction, they're limited. They can only follow the eruv of the brother who is for. But let's say, it's really not designated for any of the brothers. They all use it. Then already, you have the mahmir which means only common area. Which is, you have to take into consideration, and we'll discuss this in, in a moment, but you have to take into consideration where everybody's Eruv is. This guy's to the east, this guy's to the west. So you have to find an area where all the brothers would be able to walk in a common area, because it's not really designated to one of the brothers, and they've only, the keli can be moved only within that zone. Okay? Now let's just finish the Mishnah, and we'll read all the Rashi's here. A guy borrows a vessel from somebody of Yom Tov. So the deen is, So since I borrowed it before Yom Tov, so it's mine. So therefore the borrower, he decides, he establishes where the Eruf Ta'umin is. Meaning regarding moving this object. However, Be Yom Tov, on Yom Tov, Because since it went into Yom Tov, the uh, one that was 
lending it, the owner still had it going into Yom Tov. So yeah. Ben Hashem Ashot, the keli is bound under his tehum. So once he gave it on Yom Tov, doesn't matter. Since it went through Ben Hashem Ashot under his jurisdiction, it follows his eruv tehumin. It follows his tehumin on Yom Tov. Let's say a lady borrowed uh, from her friend ingredients to make uh, dough. Uh, spices, water, melah, salt, da'isata, for uh, the dough. So there the Mishnah says that the ingredients follow only the common area of both. We'll see what this means in Nashi. Rabbi Yudah says when it comes to water, water you don't have to be mahmir on because water is considered insignificant. You don't have to worry about common uh, area. The uh, person that gets the water can walk it according to his own tehum. So what is he? Now let's read all that she to see exactly in depth the ramification of these cases. So we start with Rashi and the Mishnah. Which means you can only walk the animal where the owner can walk. If you didn't make an iruv, which means you can only walk it two thousand amah to all directions. The im irev but if he made the iruv to the north, so the animal can only walk towards where the Iruv was. For example, if you put the full extent of the Iruv to the north, right, 2,000 amma, he loses any direction to the, to the south. So now you, that animal is not allowed to walk any movement to the south because the Iruv was made to the north. So that's the deen of Behemant Kedim, followed Be'alim. Be'alim. Miyuhadim, which is, let's say you have brothers. Brothers have a keli, okay? And the, the keli is not miyuhad for any of the brothers. As she says, Le'ahad me'em ila l'chudan, hara'elu kimkom shi'ulchim. Which means the keli now follows the common area of all the brothers. As she, Le'mkom shi'kulam yukhudim le'lech, mutal lo'dikhita kelim. Aval, let's do this case. Im i'rev e'had me'em le'sof al-payim le'safon. Let's say one of the brothers, he went to the north, he took his full eruf. He put 2,000 to the north, so it means he can technically walk. 2,000 more and more to the north, there's 4,000 to the north. The other ones, they didn't uh, commit themselves to any Iruf. They cannot now use that keli that's theirs as well. They cannot walk to the south. Because Baba is not common area. Since this brother put his Iruf to the north, so the south now becomes forbidden to anybody. That keli cannot be moving even one Amah to the south. Afilu Pisiyahat. Even one step, Now, the guy that, the brother that put his Iruf to the north, technically on his own he gets 4,000. But wait, since they didn't put an Iruf, these brothers, how much could they walk on the north side? Only 2,000 and stop. The brother technically can go to 2,000, there's another 2,000. But that extra 2,000 is not common area anymore. Because they didn't put the Iruv on the northern side. So therefore, the Kali we're talking about. I mean, the Kali itself then cannot move to the south at all. Again, because since one of the brothers committed himself to the north side full measure 2,000 Ammah, he loses everything on the south, and the brothers also are now bound by that stringency. And the brother that made the Iruv, he also stuck. Meaning, he himself could walk. I'm talking about the Keli. The Keli is only able to go up to 2,000. Why? 
Because the other brothers didn't make any move on the north side. Could the other brothers walk past the 2,000 and mile on the north side? No. No, they can't. Walk to, but I passed the 2,000. Right? So therefore, the Kelly cannot go beyond the 2,000. So both, both brothers have Humrot. Which means, the brothers that didn't make their Eruv, their Humrah, they cannot go to the south at all. Because they're bound by the brothers Eruv in the north. And the brother that made the Eruv in the north, he's bound only to take the Kili up to 2,000. Because since they didn't make an Eruv, they only go up to 2,000 Amat to each side. They don't get 4,000. So therefore the Kili cannot go beyond the 2,000 Amat, even for the brother that made the Eruv in the north. That's what it means, not only in the common area. Which means, we said that what? If a borrower borrows something before Yom Tov, the item follows the shoel, the borrower, because he had it on his possession. Because he owned it. When is the tahum hal? Whoever owns the item, so that's whose legs it goes according to. So as far as he can go, that's as far as the borrowed kili can go as well. But if he borrowed it on Yom Tov after it got dark, because again, who had it? The owner. So therefore, right, the lender. So therefore, it follows his raglayim. Spices, let's say for cooking, for the kedera, for the pot. She's the dough and the kedera itself in the final product. Man, because the final product's got two stuff in there. It's got my stuff, and it's got my neighbor's stuff. But my friend's stuff. You understand? The dough, it's got my ingredients. I got the flour and all that. I just borrowed the water and salt and stuff like that. So now you got... Two items there. I have my stuff, and it's happened on Yom Tov. So therefore, it's like the brothers. Since she So you got the water and the salt that's owned by the lender. And uh, the one that has the dough, that's us. So you got partnership in this dough over here. So you can only walk to a common area. And to that, Rabbi Yudah came along and said... That what? In Bahimamash. Water is in Bahimamash. When you borrow water from some, you're not bound by that uh, there to home. You only follow right. your Tom. In Karot, it's not recognizable. Not the Kedira, but not the Isa. Well, when you have a dough, you don't see the water in it. No. Even in the Kedira, you don't see it. Kilkach, in Me'akevot, or Laka'atan. Okay, it's not seen. So therefore, no, it could be it's the Kari, you taste it. You taste it. Right. However, this is not the Kari, you taste the water, no time to it, there's no Mare'at to it. And the Gibbara will explain exactly what the case is talking about. It's talking about a, uh, a, a, a thick dough that the water is not uh, recognizable okay. as well. Okay, and the Gibbara is going to say actually we're talking about thick salt. So you really do see the salt as well. Okay, exactly. Thick salt where you see it. Okay, so the Gemara will deal with that question. Comes the Gemara. Matitin de lo kedabi dosa. Amishnah is not following the opinion of Rabbi dosa. Why? Tanya, we have a Braita, Rabbi Dosa Omer, Ve'amri la Abba Shaul Omer, and sometimes Abba Shaul says, Alokeyah Be'ma Mechavero. Guy takes an animal from his friend, Me'erev Yom Tov, Afalpi Shalom Masralo Ela Be'yom Tov, which is a purchase over here. He bought an animal from his friend before Yom Tov, even though he didn't take possession until Yom Tov, Harei Keragleh Alokeyah. Doesn't matter. Since he bought it from before Yom Tov, it's considered his, and therefore goes according to his home on Yom Tov. Next case, the question is from this case. 
A guy gives his animal to a ru'eh. Now that she's learning the case, either it's, it's, it's a continuation of the case we just said, which is the custom was somebody that would buy something, he wouldn't uh, graze the animals himself, he gives it to a shepherd. All right? So either, either case is the first guy gave it to the shepherd, even the buyer gave it to the shepherd. Even though you gave it to the shepherd on Yom Tov, it goes according to the Amishnah didn't say that. Amishnah said if you give it them on Yom Tov, it goes by the owner. So yeah. the Benesh was by the owner. So therefore, no, he didn't sell it. Which means now you're giving it to the Ro'eh. Go with that case. It says, again, he owns the item. He owns the, I bought it. He owns it. He gives the Ro'eh, the animal on Yom Tov itself. Now what do we say in the Mishnah when you give it to Ro'eh? Why? Because bottom line, on Yom Tov, it went in Benesh Shemashot. I owned it. And therefore, when I gave it to Ro'eh on Yom Tov, he's bound by me. However, here it says in the, in the name of Rabbi Dosa that when you give it to the shepherd on Yom Tov, it goes by him, and therefore he can walk it where his tehumin go. That's a direct contradiction against our Mishnah. So the Gemara says, "Matnitin." They look at Rabbi Dosa. That Gemara says, "Afilu tema Rabbi Dosa velakasha kam beroehad kam b'shneroim." Depends how many shepherds are in the town, which means. In the towns, there was uh, different shepherds, let's say. So let's say there's one small town, you only have one shepherd. Okay. So therefore, it's taken for granted that you're going to give Who else are you going to give it to? You're giving it to the shepherd. Right. So even if I didn't get it to him until Yom Tov, since there's only one shepherd, it's as if it was his before Yom Tov. Because when I give it to him, do I have an option over it? i got to get it to a shepherd. There's only one guy in town. So therefore, it goes, even if on Yom Tov, it's like Leh, Adorah. Al-Mishnah, however, even Rabbi Dosa will agree. It's told by you have two shepherds. Right. So therefore, <laughs> until you give it you to the know. guy, you don't know which shepherd's going to get it. So therefore, when you finally give it to the shepherd on Yom Tov, it goes by you. Because you don't say no, it wasn't an automatic. So therefore, even Rabbi Dosa will agree. So you have to learn, re- relearn Al-Mishnah. When the Mishnah said, you gave it to a shepherd on Yom Tov, it's talking about where there was another shepherd in town, now the Gemara is going to prove it from the Lashon of the Mishnah. How? We can bring a proof from the Lashon of the Mishnah. Diktani libno oleroe. Right, there's two people involved. It said in the uh, Mishnah, you gave it either to your son or to the shepherd. Implying that what? You have two options there. So there was, since you have two options, you can give it to your son who's also a shepherd, or you gave it to, you have to say that, or to, what are you giving it to? Are you giving it to, to, to do something? I mean, I told you, you're giving it to to watch, to do something, to grace. So the no other way must be this two shepherds. That's why it's bound by the owner, because it wasn't determined from before Yom Tov that you're automatically going to give it to one of them. Shmat minna, proof, positive. Amar Ababar Barachanam, Rabbi Yohanan, Halakha, Kerebi Dosa. And Halakha does indeed follow Rabbi Dosa, that when there's one shepherd in the town, even though you gave it to on Yom Tov, it follows the Ru'eh. Okay, now, now comes the Gibran says, Umi Amar Bi'Anan Acheh, Tehid Bi'Anan indeed said that Halakha follows Rabbi Dosa. Amar Bi'Anan Halakha Kistam Mishnah. Rabbi Bi'Anan made a statement throughout Shas that whenever you have a Stam Mishnah, it's a Mishnah that is a nameless Mishnah, and there's no argument in this Mishnah. He says Halakha always follows a Stam Mishnah. Now, we have a Stam Mishnah that says the following: Vitnan. Uh, it's actually our Mishnah. Habema vakilim. 
right? You have behemain kilim keragle habealim. That's following the uh, feet of the bealim. Now the question is not from there. The question is actually from the next part of the Mishnah. That's the way the Shitamiku uh, Betzit learns. It's from the next part of the Mishnah that says Hamoser behemto libno which means the Gemara, and what does that Mishnah say? If you give the animal to the Ru'e, right? Who does it follow? And it means it follows the owner. Now, the Bidosa says when you give it to the shepherd on Yom Tov, it follows the shepherd. So how can you, the Bidosa, say that it follows the shepherd when you say that it follows the owner? So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? We answered this already. The Gemara says, We answered already. Amishnah is talking about two shepherds, which even the Bidosa can agree. There's no argument. Exactly. So therefore, Halakhat is not Mishnah because it's talking about two shepherds. And therefore, it's Kedagleh Habe'alim. Because she didn't, it wasn't determined which Shroi you're going to give it to. And therefore, whatever we answer above, then we can say that Yohanan is not contradicting himself. Comes the Gibran and says, Tanu Rabbanan, new case. Shenaim Shishalu Haluk Echad Beshutafut. Okay, two guys borrowed a uh, robe, a haluk, before Yom Tov, and they were partners on it. What's the Kavanah? Why do they want to go partners on it? Zeli Lechbo Shahrit, the Betta Midrash. The one partner wants to wear it to go to the Betta Midrash in the morning. The other guy wants to go to a party that he's going to that night on Yom Tov. So therefore, they have uh, you know a partnership in the Haluk. Good. One of the partners, he made his Iruv to the north. And the other guy made it the Iruv to the south. This guy got to get to the north, this guy's got to get to the south. The guy that made the Iruv to the Safon, He's limited according to that was friend that put him in the south. And the opposite is also true. The Safon. For example, let's say the Bet Midrash was 3,000 Amma away from the uh, where they were. Right? So the guy wants to go to the Bet Midrash, wants to go to the north where the Bet Midrash is. So what does he do? He puts his Iruv a thousand Amma away. So by putting it a thousand Amma away, he buys himself two thousand Ammot, right, from there. So therefore he's three thousand away from where he was, and therefore he gets to the Bet Midrash. Oh, but by him placing the Iruv at the thousand mark to the north, so you lose a thousand to the south. So therefore, the guy in the south now, and only go a thousand amma because he's limited to what was done in the north. So. Now the opposite is also true. The guy made in the south. He also put in a thousand amma away, right? His eruv, and from there he wants to go two thousand amma. By, by pulling the string a thousand amma to the south, so you lose a thousand to the north. Right. So therefore, basically, they're limited in moving this haluk only a thousand amma each way. Correct. Each guy can move the cloak a thousand amat either to the north or to the south, but they can't go further because since they lost a thousand, since they pulled right, of course it became worse. They have to take the humrah of both because they can't. They won't 
be able to get there. Which means they can only move it in common. Exactly. Right. They can only move it in common area. Of course, you can't transfer ownership on Yom Tov. They went partners on Yom Tov. So therefore, they're stuck. I explain again. No, no, no. They, they no, borrowed a cloak. They, bo- they borrowed a cloak. They wanted to wear the cloak to the yeshiva, and this guy wants to write to the party. The problem is the yeshiva is 3,000 amma to the north, and the party is 3,000 amma to the south. So therefore, uh, how are you going to get there? So he so said, you're stuck now. Because by the guy putting a roof to the north... 3,000 would be good. But by putting it to the north, he limits the guy to the south now, which means the guy in the south now can only go a thousand amma. Because since you bought, you drew a thousand to the north, that limits now the guy in the south only to a thousand. So he's stuck only to a thousand. And the guy in the south also is limited by the north. So therefore, you can only move it a thousand in each direction. However, Now, if let's say, each guy took the full two thousand. Oh, you can't move. They can't move. You can move. But the cloak, which means this guy took 2,000 amount to the north. So you have nothing on the south. This guy in the south, he went 2,000 the other way. So you have nothing in the north. So therefore, the cloak has to stay where it is. You cannot move it at all. continues on the first wide line. Itmar, we have a statement. Two partners. So they bought a barrel of wine and a behemah, and an animal. So now it is Yom Tov, okay, or Shabbat. So the question, well, let's say it's Yom Tov actually. So the question is, how far are they allowed to uh, take these items? Because we know there's a law of tehum. So since they're partners now, so they have a shared tehum. So the Gemara says, Rav Amar, Habit Muteret. The barrel of wine, you can take it according to wherever you want, which means each one of the partners can take the barrel of wine according to their tehum. They don't have to use shared tehum. The barrel of wine, he says, go according to your tehum. Ubehema asura. But the behema is asura. You can only take it in the shared area. Ushmuel amar habit name asura. He says, no difference. Just like the animal has to be only in the shared area, you can move it, so to the habit as well. So, so the Gemara says, they split it, which means they're saying that they did. No, it's in the barrel. We're partners on the barrel. They didn't split it before Yom Tov. It's in the barrel. So therefore, since they split it in the barrel, he comes along and says, he takes uh, uh, 50%. When he takes his 50%, According to Rav, take it as much far as you want to go. Which means wherever your tomb ends, that's where your wine goes. According to uh, uh, Shemuel, no, 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 no. The wine and the animal are the same thing. It's partners. So whenever you split your item, you can only go where the partnership was able to take you. So the Gemara says, My Kasavarav, what's Rav's logic over here? Maybe Rav subscribes to the opinion of Yesh Berera. What does Yesh Berera mean? Berera means retroactive selection, which means, maybe I'll tell you that you're right, there's a barrel of wine over here. Okay, so they're 50-50, half the wine is his, half the wine is his. Once he takes his wine, I say retroactively, that was his wine, and therefore Ben Hashem he owned that wine that he took now. And therefore, since it went through Ben Hashem it's bound by his own tomb. Right, so maybe I'll say, Yesh Berera. So he says, if that's the case, I feel Be'ematashtiri. Not even the animal. You, say, no, you split the animal. You make shahita, you give him half the meat, and you give him half the meat. So they will say the same thing. Which means once you give him his piece of meat, we'll say retroactively, that was his meat, and therefore he owned it, and therefore we could say that his, uh, his own father, which means if you're holding there should be no difference between the habit and the 
And if Rav says there's no Berera, Afidu Habit, Tame Asura. So the Habit's also going to be Asur. Because if you don't go retroactive, so everything's Asur. But bottom line, you're splitting the wine now. The wine now is uh, partners. So therefore, there was uh, everybody. So therefore, you have to go according to the Shutafut. So Gemara says, Le'olam, Kasabar, Yesh Berera. Really old, Yesh Berera. And that explains the wine. That what? That what, once he takes the wine on Yom Tov, I say that was his wine for better Shabbat if he's able to take it as far as he wants. The Shanya Behemah, but the animal's different. Why? The Kayanke Tehumin Mehadade. Which literally means the Tehumin are uh, uh, nurturing or nourishing from each other. Which, what does this mean? The animal went into Yom Tov, it's not floated. Right? You slaughter it on Yom Tov. Okay, now you give him his piece of meat. So you want to say retroactively at Ben Hashemashot, that was his piece. Yeah, but wait. When the animal was alive, even you want to say that his piece is there. So it's somewhere in the animal. And retroactively, whatever he takes is his. When the animal's alive, all the different parts of the animal nourish from each other. And they benefit from each other. And therefore, even at Ben Hashemashot, there's a little piece of the other guy's animal or piece of the animal running through the piece of the other partner and therefore it's impossible to say that each animal is it's actually split because again it's yankim hadad it's it's unique each each piece nourishes from each other when it's alive see by wine you don't say that by wine i say whatever wine i took in yom tov i say that was my wine from already uh, from benesim ashot therefore benesim ashot my home is established it was mine but what do you want to say here that uh, when the animal was alive at Ben uh, because I slaughtered on Yom Tov. Well, Ben Hashemashot, the animal was alive, right? So I thought, now I'm sorry, this meat is mine. No, but since that meat, when the animal is alive, has a piece of my partner's meat in it, why? Because the, all the parts in an animal receive nourishment from each other, so therefore, that's the way that she's learning, therefore you cannot say, Benera. So it comes together, and therefore, what's going to be the deen? Yes, you can slaughter on Yom Tov. And of course, you could move the meat, but only in the partner's uh, uh, common uh, area. Okay? Now, comes the and says, So they come along to Rav with the Sevara, they tell him like this, Let's go to the subject of Mukseh. For Mukseh, the rabbis weren't concerned about this concept of nourishment, which means what? Which means uh, you have an issue over here. A person has his uh, his animal. Okay, it's a partnership animal. Okay, so they slaughter it on Yom Tov. So what's the deen? Are you allowed to eat from this animal? Yes. Where are you allowed to eat from the animal? In the place where it is. Which means you cannot take it, let's say, outside the the common room. But in the place itself, you're allowed. Hey, what do you mean? When you're eating this piece of meat over here, which means technically, yeah, this is designated for me. And your friend's animal is designated for him. And therefore, technically, you should say, maybe you can't eat this piece of meat because it's mukseh. Why? Because it has in it meat that was designated for somebody else. And but therefore, why? You're right, but for themselves, not for somebody else. Which is, he designated for him. I'm not giving you this piece of meat. This is my piece of meat. Is no. I'm part of with my 50%, not with your 50%. I'm part of with my meat over here. So we both have a chana on the animal the day before you. You're right. That's not the chana. The point is, this 50% of the animal belongs to one person, and 50% belongs to the other. I don't want to give you my part. My part belongs to me. I don't want to have any halak in my part. Just like you, you have your 50%. We're not splitting it, uh, eat whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I have my halak, you have your halak. And therefore, technically, you should say what? 
That once already I slaughtered it on Yom Tov and eat it. Oh, okay. Why? Because at the time Ben Hashem Ashot went in, I'm using for mine, but also it's Yanke, right? Has a nourishment from the other. And that should be Mukseh. And you don't say it. So just like you don't say it by Mukseh, so you shouldn't say it by Tehomin. That's the question to ask against Rav. So the Gemara says, Shatik Rav. Rav kept quiet. Which means he didn't have an answer. So uh, the... Uh, uh, the uh, uh, Basic understanding of this Gemara, just to review the Shekla Vitaria again. The Gemara brought a case. It's one specific case. Guy has a barrel of wine. He has a, an animal. They're partners on the barrel of wine. They're partners on the animal. Oh, so the Gemara says, Rav is a Hadush. The barrel of wine, the guy can take. We're not talking about carrying. Carrying on your toe, you can carry. There's no issue of carrying. The issue is how far can you uh, transfer this uh, wine, meaning the laws of Tom. He says, however far your Tom is. Just whatever you could walk, you could walk the wine. However, the animal, no. Where Shemuel comes along and says, no, 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 no. The wine and the animal are the same thing. You can only go in the shared area of the tomb. So the Gemara says, Rav, what's your logic? Oh, you must hold a berera. If you hold a berera, so therefore, the, just like this berera on the wine, berera on the animal as well. What's berera mean in this case? I'll say retroactive selection. Once I pick the wine, right, that, 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 that on Yom Tov, I'll say that's the wine that was mine already designated for Ben Hashem Ashot, and my home is bound by Ben Hashem Ashot, and therefore I can take whatever I want. So say the same thing about the animal. So the says, no, you can't say the same thing about the animal, because by the animal, uh, when it was alive, Ben Hashem Ashot, you're right, I'm taking the piece now. So this was my piece designated to me. But at the time when the animal's alive, it's Yankim Hadadi. It's receiving nourishment from the other parts of the animal. So therefore, in every piece of the animal, even at the time when the animal's alive, my partner's piece is also in there. So therefore, it's a partnership. So therefore, I have to limit it to the uh, common area. So the Gibraltar say, well, Muxay, you don't say that. I can eat it, which is in, the, in its place, I can eat it. Why don't you say, well, I have a piece of Muxay, a bit of some of the other animal, piece of the animal that's nourishing. So just like you don't say it by Muxay, don't say it by Tuhamin, Shatik Rav Rav did not give an answer to this uh, case. Comes the Gibran says, What's the halakha? Uh, Gibran says, My have a What's the halakha? Gibran says, Ravoshaya Amar Yesh Berera. Ravoshaya says, Yesh Berera. And therefore, the Rashid learns Yesh Berera, there's no difference between the wine and the animal, which means he holds Yesh Berera conclusively. Which means, across the board, Ben the Habit, Ben the Behema, according to Ravoshaya. You can walk it, you can move it, according to your tomb. The Rabbi Hanan Amar and Bidira. At all. No. Like Shemuel, not by the Habit and not by the uh, Behemah. So the Yabara says, V'sabah Rabbi Shaya yesh Bidira. What do you mean? Rabbi Shaya holds this concept of retroactive selection? How can that be? V'atena, we learned in the Mishnah. Hamet Bebayit. Okay, but there's a met in the house. Okay, now we know the met emanates from it, Tum'ah. But the, uh, the, the Torah also tells us that not only the house itself, whatever's in the house becomes Tamer, but any doorway that potential the med can be removed from, anything that's under the doorpost will also become Tamer as well. Because the med is eventually going to go through that door. So the Gebra says, and there's many doors. You don't know which door is going to be taken out of. Kulam Temeim. All the doors of Temeim, because all potentially able at the uh, exits. Now, Niftah Echad But let's say you had ten doors and one door was open. Okay, so you assume that's the door they're going to take it out. So, so it says Hu Tameh. Anything under that open door is Tameh. Vekulan Tehurim. Good. Next case. Hashav Lehotzi'o Pehad Mehen. Let's say, okay, you have the doors over there. Those were closed, okay? But the guy at Kavanah, I'm going to take it out of door number three. And he had kavanah on which door? Or the halon chishbo arba'al arba'a. 
Oh, let's say there was a window, four by four, which is big enough already to get them made out. Maselet ala petahim kulan. It saves all the other doors from tumah. Even a thought of which door you're going to take it out of saves the other doors from tumah. So the Gemara says, "Bechamai omrim." Bechamai says, "Hold it." Vehu shehashav alav ad shelo yemutamet. That's only talking about when he had this machshaba before the guy died. But once the guy dies, finished. All the doors become tamay. Your machshava, according to Bechamai, cannot undo the fact that the tumah is going to affect all the doors. Before the guy dies, you have a machshava for door number three. That's already considered a good for Bechamai. He says, even after the met dies. What's the explanation after the met dies? Which means that uh, according to Bechamai, the met dies still. This mahshavah, door number three, could make the tumah only on door number three and not on the other ones. Oh, what does this mean? The etmar alah. We have a statement regarding betelil shita amar b'shaya letaher etapetachim nikanul haba. It only means going forward, which means going forward after the med died, the mahshavah in let's say door number three will now make it that only door number three going forward will ring tumah, but other areas no. And therefore, what do you see the Boshaya saying? Kebara says, Mikanu in. Only going forward, yes. No, but not retroactively. I mean, if you hold a Berera, so I would say, no. Once already, the person may, even after the man died, right? So you say after the man died, it's only going forward. Why don't you say no? Why don't you say that after the man died, now I have a Mahshabah that what? I want this door, so I'll say retroactively that was the door that was designated, and therefore I'll say what, tomorrow doesn't go on any of the other doors, but Rabbi Yosha doesn't say that, the Bosh says Anukelim no, 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 which means what, if you say Yesh Berera, so then I'm going to say when the guy has the Kabbanah for this door over there, so I say the, this is the only door that will have Tum'ah, that this is the door that it's going to be exited from and none of the other doors will ever receive Tumah that's what you had Berera from the fact that he says no that means you don't want to we will go right now right now going forward it's only door number 3 will receive it but everything else that was there under is Tameh so you see the Vosaya does not subscribe to Berera so how can you tell me the Vosaya holds up Berera I mean in the case of the uh, the barrel of wine, in the case of the animal, <coughs> walk into the Tumas as you like. So the Gemara says, you're right, Ipuch. Switch the Shittot around. Rav Oshaya Amar in Berera. Rav Yohanan Amar Yesh Berera. Okay, so switch the Shittot to keep it consistent. The Gemara says, I'll have a problem the other way now. Umi eat leil Rav Yohanan Berera. Does Rav Yohanan hold the Berera? Because now you're saying Rav Yohanan is going to be the one that holds the Berera. But I'll show you a case where Rabbi Yohanan doesn't hold. What's the case? Ve'amar Rab Ase Amar of Yohanan. He'achim she'halku. Brothers, let's say, that are uh, inherited uh, from their father in estate, right? And they're dividing the estate. Now, the estate was not uh, split up exactly who's going to get what. It's just that each one gets 50%. Now, since they get uh, 50%, but it's not uh, evident, uh, it's not clear who's supposed to get what. They're just splitting it. You take this, I'll take that. The halakha considers it as if we look at it as a sale. As if I bought my share from you, and you bought my share from you. It says, 
we consider it as likuchot, as a purchase. Okay? Now, since you consider it a purchase, if it's an edit to sale, we have a law. Now, during the Yovel year, all uh, land goes back to the original owner. So now, umahazirin zel azeb yovel. So what's going to happen is, once the Jubilee year comes, the 50th year, year, year comes, now they have to return the land to each other, and they have to redivide it again, in order to make a, a new halukah. Oh. So therefore, what do you see from over here? The Gemara says, Vichy tema kilet, uh, I'm sorry, so what do you see from over here? You see that you don't go with Benera. Yeah. Why? Because if you held of Benera, why do I have to consider it like a sale? I can say that whatever piece that I inherited, that's the piece that was destined for me to inherit from my father from the beginning. And there was my piece, meaning uh, I own it. Elawat, you don't say retroactively whatever you got is really your piece, because we consider it like a likuhot. We, consider, we don't know who belongs to what. So then it's considered like I buy my piece from you, and you buy my piece from me, and therefore we have a, a, a din of a yovel. So the, the, the Gemara says, so you see, and who holds this? Shita Rabbi Yohanan. So Rabbi Yohanan does know the Benedah. Let's just read the uh, Rashi on this case. Look at Rashi, the Kuhotin. Okay, you see the word Rashi, which one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines down if they get wide. We don't say retroactively that it's uh, selected each person's Yerusha. The Yerusha in Hosea by Yovel, therefore Yerusha should have to go back in the Yovel. Yeah. We say what? Maybe the Halik that I got is really his. And maybe his Halik is really mine. So therefore, therefore it's considered like a purchase. I said, maybe I have yours. You know what? I'm buying my property from you and you're buying my property from me. Also, if it's a purchase, what happens? In Yovel, it's got to go back to the original owner. Because maybe, maybe I don't have... Uh, maybe I, purchase, I have to purchase my share from my brother. Because maybe it's my brother's. And he does the same. And therefore, what happens in Yovel? Property goes back to the original owner. So that means we don't go with... Berera. So the Gemara says, now we can answer. Yeah, maybe Rabbi Yohanan doesn't hold the Berera in a Deoraita law. This case of Yovel is a Deoraita law. Yeah. So therefore, in, we're going to be Mahmir in Deoraita law, not to go with Berera. But in rabbinical laws, for example, I write home, which we're discussing over with the barrels and the, and the, uh, and the, the, the animal. This is Drabanan law. Maybe in that case over there, he will hold the Berera. Gemara says, you can't make that Haluk. But Drabanan, me eat le. What does he hold the Berera? Even by Drabanan, Vatan, he, Ayo. Ayo is the name of a rabbi. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, En Adam Matne Al Devarim Ke'achat. A person cannot make a tnai by an Arubin on two items simultaneously. What's the case? So let's look at the Rashi to see exactly the context of this case. It's a case that we studied in Arubin. En Adam Rashi Matne Al Shenei Devarim Ke'achat. Be'arubin Tanan. We have a Mishnah Arubin. Matne Adam Al Arubo. A person can make a tanai regarding his Aruf Tehumin. He can put two erubim in two different directions. How do you do that? He heard on Shabbat, a rabbi is going to come to his city. He's going to come within 4,000 amot of the uh, city. Right? But doesn't know which, which direction the rabbi is going to come from, the east or the west. So he can make a condition, he can say like this. Now that's the first case. So therefore, if a hakam is coming, you don't know which direction it is. So what do you do? Before you set up two erubin. You put one in the west, you put one in the east. You make a condition. Wherever the hakam comes from, my eruv on that direction will be kones, so I can walk the extra amot to see the rabbi. 
What's the case? Now those have two rabbis coming. Okay, so you know one rabbi is coming from the east and one rabbi is coming from the west. So you say I said, you know what? Wherever I decide on Shabbat where I want to go, I'm going to go. I don't want to commit myself which class I want to go to. Tomorrow I'll make the decision. So I'll say, well, I want whatever I decide today, retroactively, it'll work. That's got to work through Benera. Why? When he decides what direction he wants to go next, because that's the opinion of Tarakama. That what? That even when two rabbis are coming, you can go on Shabbat. Make your decision then, and I'll, uh, and I'll say retroactively, whatever you decided now, that's what worked earlier. When there's two Akamim in the picture, the tie doesn't work. The does not hold of Berera. So therefore, the second case, he knocks out. But he agrees to the first case. Now we have to analyze the first case. The first case is also working with Benera. Yeah. Which means, you have one rabbi. Okay? Now the rabbi did not uh, commit himself before uh, uh, the, the, the Shabbat. But we don't know which direction he's coming from, right? So you put your Eruv in the east, you put your Eruv in the west. And then what? Uh, on Shabbat, whatever direction the Hakam comes from, so you say that's where my Eruv is, is going to be. Isn't that also working with Berera? Which means, so therefore, the, the question on the Bihuda is hey, you don't go with Berera, but you agree to the first case when it's one Hakam. Uh, how does that work? So the Gemara says, That's like when the two rabbis are coming. One rabbi, Eruvi, the Mizrah. The Ma'arav, Eruvi, the Ma'arav. Vidu lechan lechan, no. But when they're coming from two directions, no. So the Gemara says, and ba. The Gemara says to analyze. Right, so the Gemara says to analyze. Vavin and ba, we analyze. Maishena lechan lechan. What's the reason when there's two rabbis coming from two different directions that doesn't work? De'en berera. Because you don't go with retroactive selection. Mizrach ma'arav na'me'en berera. So Mizrach ma'arav also there's no berera. Of course, again. What's the case of Mizrah al-Ma'arav? You're deciding now on Shabbat exactly the, the rabbi can come from one of one of two directions. He can either come from the east, he can come from the west. So therefore, you don't know what side he's going to come from. So therefore, you make a condition. Whatever side you come from, that's what Ma'arav is going to be. So therefore, on Shabbat, when the rabbi surfaces, so that's when you're making a decision. Therefore, look at the Tapnashi. Which means like this, you have to say the case is like this. When is Berera uh, uh, going to be a, a factor over here? Let's say the Akam doesn't commit his side until after Shabbat starts. Says, let's say the rabbi doesn't come until after Berah Shumashot. Kegon, shehash kalom betochat chum shebotom makom betamidrash. Let's say he got to the area where he's going to give the shiur after already sunset. Or, as she says a different case, betoch dalet alafim. Let's say he's within 4,000 Ammot where he's going to give the Shi'ud. And it's already Shabbat now. But it doesn't matter. The Halakha says, we know the Masjid Rubin. If let's say he knows a landmark, he knows there's a tree 2,000 Ammot away. So then already, it, mentally, he's able to say, alright, I'm 4,000 Ammot away. I want to connect Shabita by the tree. And then from the tree, he's able to walk by the binal too. So he says, Obetok Dara, Fibihum Makir Ilan. 
בוגדת בסוף אלפיים למקום שעשקה לו ואמר שביתתי תחתיו Right? So he's able to say before Ben Hashemashur comes, I want my Shavita to be at the tree. Tiyachol lehalek b'shashikah dalad alafim amot. So once Hashikah comes, he can walk 4,000, he can walk to the tree. Plus he can walk another 2,000. Kedamar be'eruvin. Hilkach. Hechad b'shad kiniyat eruv lo ate'achem lo atra. Which means at the time Ben Hashemashur came. Do we know? Even the Hakam didn't know where he was. She's the Akam himself didn't uh, surface yet. Correct? Vadar Atta. Now, after Ben Hashem Asot, the rabbi picks what uh, direction he's going to go. Which means, who says that this Iruv is going to be Kone Lemefreya? Dilma Hakam Ben Hashem Asot, Loya Dartona Bonekan, Ilos Samkinen Aberera. Ela, you have to rely on Berera, Lomar, Hubrar, Deliruwa, Zayakam Atidavo. Which means, if the, if the rabbi himself. Uh, came to the city after Ben Hashemashot started. Okay? Now, if he comes after Ben Hashemashot, how, how, how does that be? Either he got to the place uh, after, uh, after Ben Hashemashot, or he got to uh, a place right before Shemashot, Ben Hashemashot, where he knows there's a, there's a landmark 2,000 miles away where he can reach the place by using the uh, landmark. But, once... We'll get to that question in a second. But what, but the point is, all this happens now after Ben Hashemashot, which means, but your tomb doesn't kick in only at Ben Hashemashot. Now, Ben Hashemashot, nothing was, nothing was decided. Even the Hakam didn't know which way was going to go on up there. Which means, he, doesn't, he himself doesn't know if he's going to continue going uh, forward or he's going to go maybe to a different direction. So, you have to say what? You're working with Ben So, therefore, you have to say what? That even when there's one Hakam, where he can come from either direction, you're working with Ben that what? Once the Hakam commits... We'll say the Mafreya Ben That's the side he was destined to go to, and therefore your so your uh, your tehum is uh, is is nikneed Ben to that side, right? That's working with Mafreya. So basically, the question on the Biudah is: Hold it, the Biudah. We understand when two rabbis are coming. Two rabbis are coming to town, so therefore you can't say on Shabbat. Yeah, to whatever side the, the rabbi is going to come, that's why I want my. Uh, that's why. That's why I want you. Yeah, he came up there two things because then already he's saying who, who, he wanted the son of Shabbat. Which you have to wait a minute. Which one hit Ben Hashemashot? It's either the left one, the 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 the, the, the Maharab, or the Mizrah. Oh, you want to work with with, with uh, Ben Hashemashot? When I decide which class I want to go to, so the Mafleh I'll say that's the end of Ben Hashemashot. They can't do that in Ben Good to be with that. Hey. But you agree to the case where there's one hakam, where the hakam himself can either come from the west. east or he can come from the west. So you are more there that what? Put your ayruv uh, ben hashemashot the day before, put it on both sides, and you can say whichever side the hakam come from, I'm okay. So we thought the case in the Havamina is it's talking about with hakam surfaces after Shabbat, which is after Shabbat he gets to the uh, to, 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 to the east or to the west, or uh, after Shabbat. Well, right before Shabbat, he gets to the point where he knows the where the four thousand point is, and then right after that, it's Shabbat already. Now, at that point over there, once Ben Hashemashot passed, nothing was known already, because no. the rabbi wasn't didn't commit himself. And you want to say what that lemafreya? You want to say whatever decision the rabbi makes to go uh, during uh, you know uh, after after the fact. I'll say retroactively at Ben Hashemashot, that's why my Eruv was. That's using the concept of Benera. So the Gemara is trying to say, what's the, why, how is that possible? So the Gemara says, Gemara says, Ba'amar Ab Yohanan, Uchbar Ba'acham. 
And the case is talking about where the hacham came already, which means that's the way answer. So therefore, he came before nightfall. Oh, so if you came before nightfall, so now already, now already you don't have to work with Bidirah, which means it's one rabbi. It's one rabbi. You just don't know where he came from. You don't know where. So you have to set two, two Erubin, which means, and you're making a condition. So if the rabbi comes from the east, so I want the east side to work. Uh, if it comes to the west, now once the rabbi comes from the east, automatically your Eruv hit. Your Eruv hit already. Which means, stop bin it up. It, your lack of knowledge is not bin it up. Which means, you, you said it because it's before. If it comes to the east, I want that one to work better. I'm not working retroactively. He got there before Shabbat, so therefore once Bidat Shabbat comes, the east one works. On Shabbat, I just realize which one of my Erubin worked. It's just the Gilui Milta. No, it's just a revelation of what happened. I don't have to use any retroactive uh, situation over here. So therefore, according to the Yohanan, it was automatic. It was automatic. His arrival triggers your Eruv without your knowledge. Correct. At, the, at the right time. Right. Before but, Shabbat. Right, exactly. And on Shabbat, when I see he comes from the east, oh, so now I just know which one was triggered at Ben Shabbat. But it wasn't retroactive. I'm not saying right now it is triggered retroactively. No, it was triggered at the time Ben Shabbat when the rabbi decided. Good. So what did the Yohanan do? He answered the Yohanan. Now, why is he answering? So the fact that he's answering for the Yehuda, we assume it's because he does not hold up. Yeah. Now, what is it? This is a case. This is a Drabanan case. So you see, even in the Drabanan case, Rabbi Yohanan doesn't hold of Bidira. So now we're back to the question. You want to tell me that what? Rabbi Yohanan is the one that holds of Bidira. So I'll tell you why. When does Rabbi Yohanan hold of Bidira? Maybe he holds of Bidira only by the Oraita cases. Right? The Oraita cases was the case like the uh, Yovel case. That's the case where he doesn't hold the Berera, he's yeah. Mahmir. But by Drabanan, he'll be lenient on. We see no. We see even by Drabanan, he does not hold the Berera. So the Gemara is in a quandary. So the Gemara says, fine. Go back to the original. Which means really go according to the original answer that we said. That what? Rav Oshaya holds Yesh Berera. Oh. We had a problem with the case of the Met, which is the case of the Met. Let's review that case quickly. And Moshe said in Betelel, right? You hold Yesh Berera. In the case of Betelel, when they have the doors, and the guy thinks door number three, we say that's only Mikan Haba. But we're not in the past. So therefore, it's in Berera. So the Gemara says, no, Vechilet, let Rabbi Moshe Berera, Bideoraita. That's in the case of a met. We have tumat met. says the doors receive tumah. In that case, he's not going to say Like in the case of the tomb case with the barrel and the and the animal eat So therefore, that's the bottom line answer. We make a haluk between in Ravoshia. Now, there's few uh, subjects that once we get we got the shakabit the gemara that we can go back and analyze. Uh, the first uh, subject that we uh, go back and analyze is uh, something that we just said. Rashi learned in the case of the uh, the rabbi, the one rabbi that can come from either side. He come from the east or come from the west. So Rashi tells us in the Havamin of the Gemara, we're assuming that he came after Shabbat. So if he came after Shabbat, you got to work with Berera. 
Right? You have to say that uh, after the rabbi decided, after Shabbat, retroactively, I have to say that uh, that's the one that he was going to go through, you know, before and uh, during Ben Hashem. So, and therefore, my Eruv uh, kicks in. So, that's working with Ben yeah. So, that she gave two scenarios. Either he got to the city after Shabbat, or uh, he got to a certain place. And right, and then he can go now to the tree, and from the tree he can go. Now, according to that case over there, Tosfot asks, what's his option to go from the other side at that case? Which is once already he's at the, the border, he's 4,000 miles away from the city. He can only come from the east now. Right. What's the Sivarat? Yes, but it's not. Why? Because I don't know where he's going to go. Well, you don't know where he's gonna go. Once he's on the east side, he's, he's got to come from the east at that point. You tell me, hey, I don't know, he can, he can go the other way. How can he go the other way? He can't get to the other way. Which is, well, you cannot walk 4,000, it's going to be more than the, 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 the distance that he's allowed to walk to come from the west side. So therefore, the whole uh, premise of Rashi's case is there's no case. Yeah, well, yeah, it's automatic. It should kick in. It's the only bit of that. Right, there's no choice over there. To make bit of that, got to have a choice. Right? So he's saying, once already he was on the east side, for example, he was on the tree to get to 2,000, another... another. say he doesn't have to come at all. No, so that's exactly... That's exactly how that she learns from a sikhat al That's what Tosafot says over here. The case is talking about over here, where the hakam can either go forward... Or he could stay where he is. Now, if he stays where he is, the condition that the guy made is like this. If the rabbi is going to come from the east, so I want my Eruf to be in the east. Now, once the guy goes to the east, he limits himself on all the other directions. So he said, but if the rabbi decides not to show up at all, then I, want, I don't want any Eruf. I just want to go uh, 2,000 Amah in every direction. So that's the bit of that over here. Which is, you have to say, it's really not an east-west situation. If she's coming from one di- according to that, way of learning. He's coming from the east. Now, still at that point, there's, there's two choices. What's the choice? He's, he's locked on the east. No. He could go to the east. Okay, that's what I'm... Or he could stay where he is. I'm not, I'm not showing up there. I'm not going to stay where I am. That, no, you need Bidera because if, if the rabbi's going to come from this side, I want my Eruv to be in the east. Good. Now, I'm limited. I can't walk any other direction. If the rabbi doesn't come from that direction, which he's going to stay where he is... I don't want my roof to be in the east. I want to be like a regular guy that has 2,000 amah in all directions. So therefore, that's the way you have to come on to Berira. So once the rabbi decides to go forward, I say, that that's where the rabbi, Ben Hashimashot, was going to decide to. And therefore, my roof, Ben Hashimashot, is that that's where I wanted to be. And therefore, it's going to work. But if he came already... But, 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 yeah, and that's the case where he came already. Well, he that, got to the city already. That's the case, right? No, there'd be no, two cases. No, no, the answer is, Uchbar ba me'erev Shabbat. Right, he came before Shabbat, there's no bin it out. I'll explain it to you again. I'll explain to you, you like this. I'll explain to you like this. Once already before Shabbat, he got to the city. Which means, Shabbat is 6 o'clock, he already got to the city at 5.30. Beautiful. Now already, I put my Eruv already over there, and I said, if the rabbi uh, comes to the east, I want it to, to, to work. Sure enough, he got to the city. He's there already. My Eruv is triggered, as you said. It's, it's already activated. Now, I don't know it's activated till tomorrow. The next day, I go, hey, rabbi, you came from the east? I don't have to say, oh, now I'm deciding. No, 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 no. It worked yesterday. Just when the rabbi surfaces, it's a gilui milta. It's just, uh, it, it becomes known what happened over there. So therefore, the Yohanan really was saying, what? There's no better now here. The case of the one rabbi is talking about Uchbar ba me'arib Shabbat, and therefore there's no Benera. And they go, oh, so you see the Buhanan doesn't hold the Benera, even in the case of Eid Rabbanan. Oh, so there was an Olam, Lotipuch. 
Really go according to the Moshiach that says really Yesh Berera. Ah, Yesh Berera. But in the case of the Met, which is the Oraita, in Berera. But by the Rabbanah, like the Tom case, Yesh Berera. Amen. Amen.